Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy. There he is, always puts me in a better mood. Not that I'm in a particularly bad mood today, Sarah, but I'm definitely in a better mood now. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. As I just mentioned, I'm joined today by producer Sarah Foss. I'm Michael Davies, and a lot going to happen this week in the world of Jeopardy, Sarah. That's right. It's a big week. Of course, we've got our third and final week of Second Chance featuring those incredible so close to winning contestants from season 37 and celebrity jeopardy is back on wednesday season two yes yeah it's gonna be big so by the time we pod next you will have seen the first Mm. episode of the new celebrity jeopardy and i imagine there are going to be multiple comments on social media (laughs) about a major feature that i've teased before on this podcast but we've never actually revealed what it is As we have heard from many of you, you know, sometimes the show moves so fast that you lose track of which category we're in. I suffer from the same thing, Sarah. I'm obviously, um, you know, slower than (laughs) many people in the audience. But I often find myself, even in the control room, when I know the material, I get a little bit lost where we are in the game. And I have all the categories in front of me. I have multiple camera shots from all places. So we've tried a new thing. I'm not going to try to describe it too much because describing it, when you see it, you'll instantly understand. But it's a way that you get to focus much more on the individual categories every single time that a category is being chosen. And it equates much more what the experience is for the actual contestants and for the producers in the studio watching the show. And I dare say for the audience themselves when they're in the studio in the Alex Trebek stage watching us tape an episode. Absolutely. I remember this is one of those those ideas you get, Michael. It starts yeah. percolating. I get a little nervous, but excited at the same time. And, you know, making this come to fruition and seeing it actually in these celebrity shows, it's good. I know for myself, the first few clues, you're kind of finding your footing. Like, where am I going to look? Where do I need to focus? And then all of a sudden it just opens up. Wow, it's all right here. It's unlike anything I've watched before. But everything is right here for me to see. If I want to see the category, the game board, the contestant, I've got it all. Yeah, Jeopardy originally was developed in the 4-3 era uh, when the aspect ratio of the television was was 4-3. to three. Now, of course, we live in 16-9. to nine. We're in high def. The game board, which used to be cards, would be, would be put down manually through this literal, real wooden game board. Now yes. <laughs> it's electronic. So it enables us to do things that we wouldn't be able to do before and compose shots, use the entire real estate of the screen. Anyway, this is just an experiment. We're interested in what the audience think about it. We by no means are committed to go and do this on the regular show. We've actually debuted the uh, regular Monday through Friday Jeopardy and we haven't included this change, but we're interested as we try to make the show more engaging and more easy to follow for a broader audience as well as to satisfy our very top-notch, most experienced viewers who've been watching the show and enjoying it for years. So very interested to hear what you think. 
Yes, I have no doubt we will be hearing from you, our listeners, in the coming days. I know you'll be sharing your comments and we'll look forward to receiving them. One thing we've heard a lot about is Second Chance. People are loving it. And if anything, our first week proved anything can happen on the Alex Trebek stage. And even this week, there were runaways, come from behind wins, and another exciting two-day total point affair. We're going to get to those games shortly. But first, it's time to take a look back at this week in Jeopardy! history. America, meet the new Jeopardy! Clue crew. Sophia Lipscomb, Cheryl Farrell, Sarah Whitcomb, Jimmy McGuire. California Science Center. We sent the Clue crew out there. They had a lot of fun. Um, California Science Center for 200, please. All right, first we'll hear from Jimmy. On the high wire bike, a weight lowers the rider's center of this, so it's almost impossible to fall. Whoa! <laughs> and it lowered the center of gravity. Back to you, Nicole. 600, please. Let's hear from Sarah now. Directional term for the short, fluffy feathers seen on this newly hatched chick. William. But again, feathers. Down, that's it, yes. Yep, Michael, hard to believe. September 24th, 2001, 22 years ago, during a back-to-school week featuring those 10 to 12-year-old kids who were so adorable, Alex first introduced the Clue Crew, and as you just heard, our first category was presented from the California Science Center. 22 years, Michael. <laughs> I know. Amazing stuff. We recently had a new member join the Jeopardy team. We, we hired a consultant to help us with outreach to uh, bars where bar trivia is played and to colleges and to high schools. I've spoken a lot on here about uh, trying to build real program in, in colleges and high school. And we uh, brought in a new consultant to help us with that outreach. And one of the first things she revealed <laughs> is that she was in the same clue crew callback audition as you Sarah Foss but clearly they were only hiring one blonde and you got the job oh no that's the funny thing about the original clue crew Michael they hired two of us we looked almost identical Sophia Litzkog <laughs> and I years later there'd be reruns and I'd get texts from Buzzy Cohen saying hey I just saw your clue and I was like nope wasn't me oh. it was Sophia yeah. but yes her Wrong name blonde. is Lindsay our new consultant and she and I were at the initial callbacks for the Clue Crew in Chicago back in 2001. So now here we are, 22 years later, and she and I are working at Jeopardy! together. Really excited to have her on board. Now, another fun fact about the show where the Clue Crew debuted was that this was just the second show in Jeopardy!'s history up until that point where Alex didn't have a mustache. And that season, they had actually taped three weeks of the beginning of the season back in the spring, so long before I had started. But I have heard this story for years, how, you know, we tape five shows in a day. Alex goes back between the fourth and fifth show, and he says to Renee, his longtime hairdresser and friend, let's shave off the mustache. So he does that. He comes out for what is the Friday show, surprises everyone in the audience. They can't believe it. But what was even funnier is that he went home that night. His wife and kids didn't even really notice at first. <laughs> and he talked about when Emily and Matthew realized, then they both started crying. They were so sad about dad's mustache. So it was always helpful for me as a Clue Crew member. I could tell if it was a, a rerun that we were going to be on, whether or not Alex 
had a mustache until season 31 when then he grew it back again and you know the journey of the mustache continued <laughs> well that's the longest conversation i've ever had about a mustache in my entire uh, life but i appreciate you bringing that to me you never knew a piece of facial hair could get so much chatter but indeed it was big for jeopardy and for alex but yeah 22 years ago oh well that was fun traveling down a little memory lane but Now, let's get into last week's highlights for week two of Second Chance, brought to you by Moderna. I should say, before we start getting into the recap, (laughs) you know, there is something philosophical about Second Chance for me. It was one of the first major decisions I enacted when I came on board. It wasn't a new idea. This was an idea that had been bubbling around the Jeopardy team for a long time about doing Second Chance because they thought it would be fun. But for me, it's, it's about something larger. It's about a commitment to having the very best Jeopardy players playing on the Alex Trebek stage. And how many people have we seen on Second Chance who, you know, lost their first episode because they came up against a super champ or they just like made a a wagering decision badly in final. But we have been able to tell from these episodes just how worthy they are and just how competitive they can be I dare say, at the elite level of Jeopardy. And I've loved that. And this week is a perfect illustration of that point. Exactly. On Monday, we had Elliot Goodman, we had Matt Wax, and we had Deanna Bolio. And she's a perfect example. You know, she lost to a four-day champ, a quarterfinalist in the TOC, Andy Wood. She played a great game. And Alex even said after her game, you played a hell of a game. I mean, even Alex could know in that moment, like she could have easily been a Jeopardy champion. And this proved to be a great second chance for her. It was a great start for the week. Matt, he was in control of the board most of the game, but then he lost a lot of money due to two incorrect daily doubles. Deanna had a slow start, but she really caught fire in double jeopardy with 12 correct responses. She takes a runaway lead heading into final, despite not finding any daily doubles. So that says a lot about her gameplay. Matt was the only one to come up with the correct response in final, but it didn't matter because Deanna was already headed to the final. A lot of people asking, why didn't Matt go all in on that last daily double? He could have put himself in contention, but you know, he talked about, he was hesitant. He had just had two real painful losses on a daily double and he just wasn't willing to take the chance in that moment. But I think what Matt is getting the most attention about is talking about how he has his girlfriend of two years because she slid in his DMs after his initial appearance. People were saying, is that offensive? And Matt was like, oh, no, no, this is our ongoing joke. Like, she's the one that says, oh, yeah, I slid into your DMs. So you know what? He may not have won second chance, but he is winning at the game of love, and it's another Jeopardy love story for us. Why not find love on Jeopardy? That is a wonderful outcome for our contestants. Yes, Matt's taken, but yes, who else could be out there? In the post-game chat, Deanna talked about her $926 wager for her mom's birthday. Her mom wasn't able to attend her first appearance because of COVID, but like so many other of our contestants, her mom was in the audience this time. So you know what? It was a great day, a great win, and we head into Tuesday Three more great players, Rob Kim, Morgan Halverson, and Elizabeth Devereaux, all returning for their second chance. Now, Rob and Morgan both played with Ken in their original games. And Elizabeth, now, she's one of these people we talk about them, Michael. She goes up against Josh Sack, who was a three-game champion, and this new guy, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Amodio. That's her first time 
and what would prove to be what we thought was her last time on the Alex Trebek stage. So certainly three people deserving of a second chance. It was a tight game, lots of different lead changes throughout. Elizabeth seemed to be running away with it until she missed a big $5,000 daily double. Then Rob claws his way back from third. He manages to take the lead on the second to last clue heading into final. Elizabeth just $400 behind. It all comes down to that last final clue. Rob's the only one who is correct, and he secures his spot. Ken closes the show by saying he had to earn it. He came from third place to first place. Again, I'd love to have Elizabeth get to have an, a third chance because these are just great, great players. <laughs> Don't tempt me. We'll get there. Well, well get Michael, there. you're not the only person saying that. These contestants at the end of these really close games are saying, all right, third chance, third chance. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoy James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com jeopardy. Masterclass.com slash jeopardy factors ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy when my schedule gets busy it's nice to have pre-prepared chef created and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door with over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition packed add-ons make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with factor plus factor meals are 100 ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping cooking or cleaning up Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So we head into Wednesday with Brian Ross, Alex Lamb, and Pam Sung. 
Brian, originally hosted with Alex, Pam with Ken. So another exciting game. It all comes down to final, though. Pam and Brian neck and neck until Pam turned it up in double jeopardy, building a strong lead, though shy of a runaway after unfortunately missing that last daily double. All three players correct in final. That's great to see. But it was Pam who locked up the win to head into the finals. We head into Thursday, kicking off our two-day total point affair with Deanna, Rob, and Pam. Deanna got off to a hot start, but Pam inching her way back in double jeopardy with the help of both daily doubles. Once again, Deanna can't find one to take a commanding lead entering final jeopardy, but it was Deanna, the only one to come up with the correct response in final. She takes a $6,200 lead over Pam heading into day two. And in that final game, all three players steadily built their scores. By the end of double jeopardy, Rob and Deanna, both five-digit scores. We love to see that. Pam narrowly trailing with just under 10,000, but factoring in Deanna's score from Thursday, she had essentially earned a runaway win by a mere $200. She only had to wager nothing in final to secure that win. One thing I want to point out, Michael, in these new two-day total point affairs, we went and we made a small change in the rule. You know, it was always whoever had the luck to be in that first position got control of the first selection in both game one and game two. And we thought, you know, there should be some benefit to ending game one in the lead. So we made this small change to decide that whoever had the lead going into game two, they would get to select first. Mm. Unfortunately, the little light that indicates for our host who is in control, it was on Pam and not Deanna in the first clue of that second game. So it ended up that we had to call that out. But I just wanted to let everyone at home know that this is a new change that we're making in these two-day total point affairs to give more benefit to that first game and really coming out with a win, however we can. Wow, if only the technology would cooperate with us when we make those rule adjustments. Oh, right? Deanna's reaction after winning second chance and heading into Champions Wildcard, I feel like I just crashed someone's party and I'm hoping they won't throw me out. We had a chance to talk to Deanna right after that victory. Let's have a listen. Deanna Bolio, you're headed to Champions Wildcard. What's going through your mind right now? Everything. <laughs> I'm just feeling so unbelievably excited. I never thought that there would be an opportunity for a second chance. I thought, you know, my Jeopardy experience was really cool, but it's over. And now that it's continuing, I'm just mind blown. <laughs> well, let's talk about your first experience. For one, you played with Alex Trebek in yeah. one of his last games. I believe you told us, he said that was one hell of a game that you played. You had the lead going into final and you just missed it by the <laughs> tiniest of margins. So I think you're exactly the type of person that we think deserves a second chance and you certainly made the most of it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was really beating myself up a little bit missing that final Jeopardy question. And so to kind of have a chance to redeem myself a little bit is just amazing. You talked about the flashcards. I did. You made a lot coming into your first game and you never threw them away. I came very close this spring. I was, you know, cleaning out my closets. I opened a storage bin. I have, you know, the tote bag that I got from my first time <laughs> here and I opened it up and I saw the flashcards. I thought, you are never going to use these. Toss them. And something then told me just hang on. You put a lot of work into them. Just put them back in the closet. And I, I, they came in handy this last few weeks. <laughs> Definitely. No kidding. And now you know the champion's wild card is ahead of you, so it's back to the flashcards, A right? whole lot more studying to do, absolutely. <laughs> well, you really dominated in your first game, back here for second chance, a runaway, uncatchable. 
What's that like? Obviously a little bit different from your first experience knowing I got this, I'm headed to the finals. I've won my initial game before you even play final. Yeah, it was crazy. I feel like I got a lot of clues and categories that aren't necessarily my strongest. And so when I actually saw the numbers adding up, I just was like, oh my God. I'm so lucky, <laughs> this is crazy. Well, and then you head into the two-day final. You have the lead after day one, a big lead. You head into final in the second final of the finals. A lot of finals. <laughs> a lot of finals. And you realize, I don't have to wager anything. It's a lock for me. I'm headed to Champions Wildcard. How do you contain your excitement in that moment? And how many times do you check your math and make sure you're right? I did not trust my math even slightly. Even at the last minute, I was just staring at the scores thinking, did you do this right? Did you do this right? And once I realized it, I was just even second guessing. Like I couldn't believe that I had gotten into that position. So yeah, I didn't really feel confident until Ken actually showed the final score. So what do you do between now and then? You can't tell anyone no. for one thing. And also, you know, you had all this time when you didn't think you were coming back. Now you've had so many months of knowing you are and now you're coming back again. What do you do in this time? I am going to study and study and study and well, I might give myself today to celebrate a little bit, but it's gonna be great. You definitely should. <laughs> what's been the best part so far of your first trip here or this trip? What's been the highlight? I think, People don't realize how fast this game really goes when you're behind the lecterns. And I really enjoyed my first time here, but it was such a blur. And people would ask me, you know, what questions did you answer? And I'm like, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the fact that I get to kind of redo it all again and really kind of soak it in has been really, really great. And wow. the contestants have been amazing all day. They're so nice. So yeah, yeah you <laughs> all proved you absolutely deserve the second chance. And we'll see you back for Champions Wildcard. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you so much, Sarah. Wonderful stuff. Looking forward to seeing that Champions Wildcard. We've started recording that and uh, it is, it's, oh, it's just superb stuff. Really enjoyed it. It's really good. Get a front row seat. Come to taping if you haven't already. All right, it's time for this week's host chat. An audience member asks Ken, what are your favorite types of categories? You know, when I was playing, I would often go to a movie category first, if there was a movie category. I was an English major in college, so literature I liked. Often the wordplay angles were good. I'd been doing like crosswords since I was a kid. My dad used to come up from work with the paper and we'd do the jumble together. Does anybody remember the jumble? That would like be next to the comic strips? So I like wordplay categories and not every player is good at those. Like I think Brad Rutter, the best Jeopardy player, undisputed for like a 15 year time, he doesn't like the wordplay stuff. So if I'm playing Brad, I'm gonna go to the crossword clues or whatever and hope that he can't keep up. What do you think, Michael? When it comes up on the board, what do you just love to see? Well, I must say that over the last two years, I was always a pretty decent trivia player, having been involved in Wimbenstein's Money, Millionaire, and you, you sort of exercise a muscle when you work around all this material and work around all these writers. You get a good feel for it, and I'm pretty good I have stronger areas and weaker areas, stronger in history and geography and literature than I am in science uh, is definitely my weak area. But, you know, sports, which is a, a <laughs> big blind spot for a lot of our contesti, uh, that is a big area for me. And not just association football, not just soccer, which I do well at, but sports in general is definitely my strongest category. Did you enjoy world soccer, Michael? That was a category on Thursday. I'm sure you aced that one. Yeah, that was superb. I did get one of them wrong, 
Uh, I misremembered the correct spelling and even sort of uh, syllable order of Vuvuzela, the infamous <laughs> South African plastic horn, which really ruined the 2010 World Cup for me. For some reason, I thought it was a Vuzuvela. I didn't realize it was a Vuvuzela. So um, I misremembered that. Probably it was all the noise from the plastic horn, which uh, Yeah, which I was going to say, I don't think anyone could focus because we pleasured our audience with getting to hear it, not only just see it in that clue. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. That wraps up today's show. We're going to be back on Monday to discuss the third week of Second Chance. Be sure to tune in today to watch all of the action. And of course, we're going to be breaking down the season premiere of Celebrity Jeopardy. That kicks off this Wednesday. Mark Duplass, Emily Hampshire, and Utkash and Budkar. It's a fantastic opening episode. Really looking forward to watching that and hearing from you all about the shot sequence no changes mm -hmm. in rules no changes in the game but we've changed the shot sequence a little bit during the category choice interested to hear your comments about that in the meantime please subscribe to this podcast rate us leave us a comment follow us at jeopardy on instagram on facebook on youtube on tiktok on twitter now referred to as x and send us your questions to inside jeopardy podcast gmail.com we'll see you all next week see you then